2: On the microphone here on the fan, Victor, head man in charge, pushing all the right buttons at the appropriate time. And boy, do we got a lot of content. We don't know who will be what, when, or where, but we do know that we'll be ready for it. And we're ready for action, and who knows? So many names, and Victor, I want to ask you coming right out of the out of the blocks. I mean, we thrive off this because this is what we do. But never in a million years, I don't think even anybody that claims to be in the, quote, no, would have predicted this. That the two top targets, two or three or so, that are gone. And yet, we may still end up with the best guy. But at this moment in time, you just don't know. You got to flow with it. But I still feel very confident that we nailed the number one thing, and that is the general manager. Nothing can come out of this without having that position to me is the most important position. And that is the GM. And finally, you know, we have a guy in there that is, that is not experimenting, but that has been there and that I trust. And I think that's the most important thing we have to keep in mind.
3: Imagine if it was uh, Dan Snyder, still the owner, how we would be taking this kind of news today as opposed to Josh Harris as the owner.
2: We would have been crazy because we would have flown off the coop and maybe signed a, quote, name, not realizing or making sure that that's the right fit for us to grow this thing out and, and do it in a way that gives us a great return. I always go back to when Joe Jackson Gibbs was signed by Bobby Bethard. You were trusting Bobby Bethard. Only football people knew about Joe Gibbs. We didn't have this internet thing running around where people were going over everybody's bio and everybody's, oh yeah, no. Yeah, the guy at Florida State, USC. I mean, the guy was with, he was with a legend, with an icon that he's working with. So, But no one knew that it would end up being what it was. And especially after the (laughs) Osprey start we had at 0-5, I know there had to be a lot of meetings and people just tear, tearing their skulls up, wondering what the heck was going on. You got to be able to weather the storm. And it's not the most popular. It's the right guy. And it's it's the one thing that Peter said from day one when, when a lot of people were, and we're fans, we're fans. No matter what our status is, you don't do this day by day, every day. Combing every headline, every bio, unless you're doing this full time for a living. So, the names, a lot of people have experience. It's been really cool listening to the debates going on and the candidates. Bobby Sloak doing great, gone. Mike McDonald, gone. Gone. And I like the fact that we're talking about the Anthony Weavers the people going, Who is Anthony Weaver? You better get to know him because a lot of people didn't know who Joe Jackson Gibbs was, all the way across the board. Just because someone is not a quote of a name brand doesn't mean it's not the right guy. Could be perfect for us. Aaron Glenn, all these interviews that are going on. Raheem's gone. There are certain people now, you kind of feel, it's got to be an uncomfortable feeling, and that's normal. Because it seems like lots of people are off the table. But it doesn't matter, you just got to get the right guy and we can go over this woulda shoulda coulda what might have happened but we're still not we're not gonna know you're not going to know
3: but who's to say that ben johnson was gonna be even good you know it's like as if everyone anointed him as the best coach since sliced bread so i mean i don't feel like we lost anything and as as we stand we
2: never had it so you didn't damn sure didn't lose kevin Sheehan did a brilliant thing yesterday when he actually played a press conference, so people could say, hey, here's, here's how he sounds. Right. You know, The guy was being carried up on a chariot by some, but nobody really knew. You saw the body at work with the players that he had, and let me tell you something, in case you didn't know, you don't have their personnel. Whatever he did with the Lions, you don't have the number one pick in an NFL draft with Super Bowl experience under your belt. You don't have that. So let's get that straight. You need somebody that can come in here and develop whomever the young lad is. Should, should they decide to go that way with a quarterback, and that's what you got to refocus on. You got to get someone who's dealt with the top pick, who's been there and can nurture and develop. So you're going to be, you're still going to be okay, you know. But you just got to make that happen. But is it normal to feel this way? Yeah, it is. It means you care. You have an engaging fan base people that have been going through some very tough times, especially if you're under 35 or 40 years old, you've seen very little. You're going this by faith. That's all you're doing with this. And then we got the Orioles that have been sold. Brother Galdi, my old tag team partner, we're going to tap in with him to uh, get that. Brad uh, Jackson, Raven, a champion, is going to join us. I really want to know the aftermath. I want to know as much as I can about what's going on in every market that we can get our hands on. The dean of all sports, David Aldridge, is going to tap in with us as well. Dan Miller, we're going to go back to Detroit and get uh, my old tag team partner who was there, who knows a lot about uh, some of the candidates, like Aaron Glenn, he's there. So we'll get a little bit of response on that. What is it going to mean? It's going to give us more data, more a little bit more information, not going to solve anything but get us a little bit closer to it. We're not going to know until we know, until it comes down. But in the meantime, um, courtesy of the Odyssey app, which is always free and live right here, you'll be able to keep up. We'll stick and stay. We're going to get this thing going. Thank goodness for the BetQL guest hotline. We're going to light that thing up. We're going to get this thing done tonight, as we always do. And uh, to be in this business, where else would you rather be? than right here, right now. That's how I feel about it, and uh, glad to be manning this ship. Dan Quinn's name's been thrown around a lot. Dan, uh, in interviews, going through this, of course, the cowboy thing, forget about it. It sounds cool, don't mean squat. What you What you got to hope you have is somebody that's dying to be here. That's what I want. I want somebody that wants to be here to do something that they've never done before. And that is win it all. I know we throw the, the term retread thrown around. I like to use it as experience. I need experience. I'm not necessarily eager to run a daycare. I'm really not. I like people that have cut their teeth on it, that have made some errors, and maybe they won't make them again. But if I got to go raw, I'll go raw. But you, it's about layering. You don't want a staff of babies, and you don't want a staff of elder statesmen. You want a good flow, a good combination. And whatever you do, you want to do that because what does it come down to? It's going to come down to what it always comes down to, the players. We got to get people in here that can get our players inspired to be the very best they can be. That's what we need. We need better players, better performance out of the guys on the field. That's what it's all about. Scheming it up, that's great. Scheming it up if you don't have a lot of talent. If you got talent and you got some dogs that want to go out and represent the Burgundy and Goal, it'll work itself out. We overcame an 0-5 start. 0-5. Hard to be worse. And flipped it. Flipped it because in and it goes from your strength and conditioning coach to the guy pushing the child down. It's every facet. We have got to be better in every area. And we got great people that are in this. Outstanding people. So I feel I'm encouraged by it. I'm a little uncomfortable. I don't know if I expected to be at this point we are right here right now and not have a coach. But it doesn't mean it won't work. But I am a little bit un- – I didn't anticipate this. I should have. It's not like we were – Offering the Taj Mahal, you got a fan base is splintered, you got outdated facilities, rotten staff. We got a whole bunch of things. So when, when people were balking about what the hell is he talking about, <clears throat> he's offering. He wants a lot of money. Would you come if you're leaving somewhere, and you're contending for a championship, and you're offered a gig? You look at this. Be real. It's normal. And I would not have over. I look whatever our leader thinks we ought to go, I'm following him. That's why we got him here. And you didn't get him from a program that's struggling. You got him from a program that's going to the Super Bowl. So brace yourself. It's okay to be a little emotional about it. It is. It really, It really is real emotion. It really is. Deal with it, but don't let it control you. You got to be able to flow with this. Take a deep breath. Because it could be perfect. It could be. Senior Bowl action going on. A lot of things going And by the way, did I mention? Do you know we got a, a win streak going on with one of our local teams? Victor, are you aware of that? the Wizards are doing the unthinkable, going after a third straight victory?
3: It's been a year since they last done that.
2: Well, think about it. Yeah. Just the whole idea about it. In the midst of everything that's going on, the Wizards. Yeah, so I like that. But also this thing with the Orioles, you say, why do you care about Because the Orioles, just like we focus on the Ravens and the whole bit, it's a change. Now, I'm selfish because I'm hoping that this deal, some kind of way, some way, gets broken up so we can get another cash flow, so we can get another opening to make our program even stronger. So I I say that at that point, let's bring it on, and let's get it on. Brother Victor, you want to take a break and then bring back Brother Galdi? Yep, we can do that. All right, let's do that. Al Galdi joins us when we come back. You're listening to Overtime, After Dark, 106.7, the fan, DOC on the microphone, and the boss, Victor, is rolling. I love this. What a challenge of a lifetime. Stick and say. back to overtime after dark here on 106.7 the fan doc walker on the microphone victor behind the glass and my old tag team partner the one and only al galdi joins me now and i know you dropped this on your podcast when you probably already announced who our next head coach will be here with the burgundy and gold would you mind dropping that on us now brother galdi
6: well, DOC, I'm beginning to wonder if our good friend Bill Callahan uh, might be getting an interview sometime soon here because uh, we're running out of names. We're running out of people here who could be uh, the next head coach. This is something, man. I mean, we were supposed to have this done already, and uh, it has not happened yet.
2: Yeah, didn't think we'd be the last ones there, but it doesn't mean that we won't end up with the best selection. It doesn't no doubt. mean that, but it does make you wonder. Uh, you got to follow the process. I'm so happy that we had i mean i was blessed to have been under the influence of, of bobby Bethard, and i saw it work i saw how that worked um he wasn't alone casually dick daniels and a lot of guys with him but your eyes the process what's your gut tell you where you are are you leaning is there somebody that gone that you've already anointed
6: well you know, the guy who I wanted was the guy who most people wanted, Ben Johnson, and that obviously fell through. And I think there are a lot of questions that need to be answered in terms of why that fell through. Beyond him, I was most intrigued by Mike McDonald and Bobby Slowick, and we have come to find that those guys have fallen through. Um, So, you know, now I think it's tricky. I mean, I I think one thing we have to all admit with this is that there's a lot that we don't know. We don't know how these guys are coming across in interviews. We don't know what these guys are saying in terms of the staffs that they would put together. We don't know how these guys would work with Adam Peters. You know, so there's a lot of stuff here that we don't know. There's information we don't have. We're flying blind with a lot of this stuff. So, you know, That said, I think right now with how long this is taking and with the guys who I think a lot of us wanted now no longer being available, I think you sort of have to trust the process here. You know, you got to trust Josh Harris and Adam Peters to make the right call between, I guess, the remaining three guys in Anthony Weaver and Aaron Glenn and Dan Quinn. I, I still wonder if there might be people we haven't heard of who are a part of this. With the commanders being the lone NFL team now without a head coach, You know, they don't necessarily have to rush into this, so maybe they take some more time and interview other people. Um, I think it's pretty clear, though, that the guys or guys who they wanted, they can't get because if they really wanted Dan Quinn or Anthony Weaver or Aaron Glenn, I don't get why that wouldn't have happened by now. I don't get why that wouldn't have happened today. Maybe it happens tonight. We'll see. I mean, at at, at any moment, we could get the news that the team has picked its guy. But uh, I think it's it's pretty clear. Ben Johnson was the target. That fell through. And I think the question becomes, well, who was the number two? Was there a clear number two? The other thing that I wonder about is this. Everyone who the team reportedly has interviewed all came out the day on which Ron Rivera was fired. He was fired the Monday after the end of the season. It was during that day that we had the reports of all the people who the commanders requested to interview. And that's it. There haven't been other people who have come up even since Adam Peters was hired. It's not like other people were added to that. I wonder if, in retrospect, the commanders regret not having interviewed more people, not having requested more interviews. The guy who the Panthers hired as their head coach, Bucks' offensive coordinator Dave Canales. The commanders never interviewed him. I don't understand why. Uh, the guy who the Titans hired as head coach. I just made the joke about Bill Callahan. But Bill's son, Brian Callahan, the Bengals yeah. offensive coordinator, the commanders never interviewed him. I don't get why. There are other people the team could have interviewed, and uh, I, I do wonder about that. Why didn't they interview those people?
2: Yeah, no, it's a good thought. I mean, I, I was a McDonald guy. I really did like it, But I'm a Harbaugh guy, number one. Number one, I think a lot of this, uh, they didn't even interview it. And uh, if it was a one, it was almost like one of those wrenches that has a adjustment A Crescent wrench could do it all. He was like, and the Chargers jumped on I thought that was brilliant. I thought Seattle had to get McDowell. That's what I thought it was coming down to because they play the Rams and the Niners. That's four games in which they got to deal with that system, and he's the only guy that appeared to have the code for that system. He's the guy that, I mean, at Kansas City, had he gotten uh, Munkin, his offensive coordinator, had they ever had a conversation and worked in unison. They might have been able to pull it off, but they didn't. Uh, Anthony Weaver is interesting to me because I'm a guy that leans very heavily towards Raven influence, Niner influence. I want anything out of those factors, the way they, that pedigree, the way they operate the foot, foot in football. That was something that I wanted, but at this point, I don't really think it matters. I'm not hung up on that. I will trust in Adam Peters. Also, senior bowl is going on now. We got things that are moving. I was very happy to see that the Martys are employed and that they're working. Somebody's got to be evaluating talent. Because no matter who you get, you need better players. And that's a very important step. Absolutely.
6: And, you know, I wonder with the front office thing, if we might get what we had with Ron. If you remember, Ron got hired in January of 2020, but it wasn't until the following offseason that the front office was revamped. The two Martys weren't hired until a year later, January 2021. As you know, it's hard for a a new front office to be established just as the offseason is getting going because so much is happening right now with the Senior Bowl, the Combines coming up, free agency isn't that Far away. So I wonder if maybe this is a, a, an offseason in which you kind of keep some people, and then maybe next off season, Adam Peters makes some major changes in that front office. You know, you bring up Mike McDonald, though, and, and I think you have to ask the question did he choose the Seahawks over the commanders? Like, did the commanders want Mike McDonald, or were they not that interested? I can't imagine why you wouldn't be interested in Mike McDonald. I think he was a tremendous candidate. But, you know, if he in fact chose Seattle over Washington, you know, we, we get to this thing now of we went into this offseason thinking, wow, commanders, number two overall pick, new ownership, Adam Peters, etc. Maybe we're not as appealing as we thought. You know, like if it, if McDonald genuinely chose the Seahawks over the commanders, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a humbling thing to say nothing of what happened with Ben Johnson. And again, it's still kind of murky what went down there. But clearly, Johnson was not drawn enough to the commanders to where Johnson decided to leave Detroit. So, um, you know, th- th- there's been some humility that isn't put to effect here. Like, uh, you know, we're not maybe as overwhelmingly attractive as we thought we were going into this process. But, you know, you said something at the top that I think is important to remember. Just because we're not fawning over what's happening right now doesn't mean that the right thing isn't going to end up happening. So mm-hmm. often, that which is not deemed sexy in the off season actually ends up being really good. And so... It may well be that Anthony Weaver was the right guy all along, and we and maybe even the team just didn't know it. So I don't think we have to have this feeling of, like, doom here, but clearly this has not gone the way that I think the team wanted it to go, and it has not gone the way that a lot of us thought it would go.
2: Yeah, you know, Aaron Glenn, and this guy from everything you hear is outstanding. I mean, that this guy, Dan Quinn, may not be the fan, I mean, our little rivalry deal, but – the guy has done things that I'd like that guy to have done. EB is still here. He's done some things i like that guy to have done. No, I don't I'm don't think it's a panic. It is, does take your breath away a little bit because I didn't anticipate it would come this way. But why would I? It's not what I follow daily. I'm not keeping up with all these people. I'm basically sitting back and trusting that we got the biggest piece of the puzzle solved in Adam Peters. And I don't think you can brush that off you got to understand that the best system I saw was Bethard, Gibbs, Pettibone. And um, when, you, when you look at what Wayne Severe did as a special teams coach, Dan Riley is a strength and conditioning, Bubba Tire trained. It's so many different departments that have got to be mandated by people that know what the heck they're doing. Because you got to get people ready. you got to get people that are injured back. It's a million things that have to be done, and this is not Adams' first rodeo. So I'm very comfortable with that. I'm not at a point now I feel like, well, we're doomed. No, you're right. The best is yet to come. Your O's, how relieved are you right now? Your beloved O's now under new ownership, and Cal seems to be right in the middle of this.
6: Yeah. Cal's a part of the group. Uh, This is outstanding. Uh, I don't think you can dress this up enough. I don't think you can pump this up enough. Uh, There are, as you know, a lot of people in this area, uh, myself included, who grew up as Redskins and Orioles fans because there was no baseball team in DC in the eighties and uh, nineties. And so there are a lot of combo skins, commander uh, skins, uh, Orioles fans in this area. And to think about the last six months, in a period of six months, Dan Snyder sold the commanders and Peter Angelos and his family are selling the Orioles. And that's like a dream that, that that's the kind of thing that if you would have said it was going to happen, you know, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, you would have been laughed out of the room. And instead that is exactly what is happening here. And you can't overstate how great this is. If you're an O's fan for so many obvious reasons, but also if you're a Nationals fan, this is so good because masson is being included in this deal and so this is something that could help to lead to the end of the masson dispute now it's not definite but i think new ownership new ideas you know breath of fresh air could do a lot of good in this masson dispute and if the masson dispute gets resolved then that could lead to the sale of the nationals because i think that the Masson dispute has been the number one thing holding up the sale of the nationals it was in april 2022 that we learned that the learners were trying to sell the Nats. Here we are nearly two years later, and nothing has happened uh, in that regard. So the massive dispute has helped to hold that up. And so if the Orioles sale leads to the sale of the Nationals, that's more good news. mean, so you think about it, Doc, the Commanders, the O's, and the Nats all could be sold within a period of like, I don't know, 18 months, two years. That's wow. unreal when you think <laughs> right. about that. But that would be so good if that was the case.
2: Do you have any of your scouts at the senior bowl or are you taking this one off?
6: I uh, know I've got my people there and uh, we're in constant communication and uh, we are talking because you never know what you can find is, you know, you referenced Bobby Bethard You never know doc when you're going to find that next diamond in the rough. So you always got to be looking.
2: Oh, no, no, no question about that. No, I'm, i I believe I'm real, you know, our brother, um, brother Koken's birthday today, and oh. I want to shout out to uh smoking Alakokin. And uh I can't imagine how he's gonna celebrate, but I do yeah. think that it will be it will be robust.
6: Yeah, the cleanup will be something. So yeah, hopefully that goes well.
2: <laughs> oh man, this is so much so much is going on. I feel good about it. Al um podcast is going great for you. I appreciate you, man. Every time I hear your voice, I feel younger. Uh it was you and I that debated over whether it was better to win uh just to say you beat an opponent or to lose and get (laughs) draft capital we got the second pick in the draft right now even though we don't know who's coaching us do you have what is your are you leaning in a specific position right
6: now i'm leaning drake may but i gotta tell you man Jaden Daniels is awfully appealing, and so I I reserve the right to alter my stance on this. But for now, I'd say, Drake, May, I think you got to go quarterback. That's why, by the way, commanders, assuming they are getting a defensive-minded head coach, the offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator hire is so important. So that's going to be so interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, right now, I'd say May, but geez, Jaden Daniels, there's a lot to like
2: yeah i'm I'm leaning Daniels right now as we speak it again it won't, I won't have any influence on it whatsoever, but I, i'm I'm just in today's game, mobility to me is everything, especially as you try to fix an offensive line that's wrecked. and so if my guy can get out of his own way, I think that's an advantage of a lifetime. My dear friend, nothing but love for you man and uh keep doing what you're doing and uh, we'll do this again real soon. I appreciate it, D.O.C. Thank you. You got it, man. That is Al Galdy, as Coach Thompson would say, simply one of the best. Victor, do you have a specific way you're leaning? The one thing that hasn't changed, we still have the second pick in the draft. That hasn't changed. And that's going to have a heck of a lot to do, as will the new head coach, as to how fast we're able to fix this mess.
3: Uh, where am I leaning? Like head coach or or draft? No, second pick in the draft. Second pick, I, Well, I, they have to go quarterback. I think they'll okay. go Daniels.
2: Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of leaning that way. Again, I am so much surrendering myself to Adam Peters that I'm, I'm one of the rare times I'm not going to have an opinion. I'm going to be whatever they think is the best way to go. I would find it very difficult um, to not. Think that a quarterback will be selected with that pick. I mean, you don't want to be here that often, but when you are, it's you—you—you you, you can't miss. Well, you the, cannot swing and miss.
3: What I'm curious about is—is is what does that mean for Sam Howell? Like, does he get traded, or is it going to be a quarterback competition to see who is QB one next season?
2: One competition, yeah. I want three. The thing is, um, no, Jacoby Brissett um, probably. I don't know, now with new structure, maybe he be, could be invited since he was lied to and and not treated in a way that it was professional. It's still about money. It's about money, but I do believe, I mean, you know he can play. There's got to be a bridge. I cannot look at the fact that the GOAT of the game did not come out of Texas Tech and start. He was nurtured. And that might not be a bad way to go. Let's think about it. Let's take a break. You can join us right here on the MGM National Listener Line at 1-800-636-1067. You have the right to feel however you want to feel. I still trust in Adam Peters. This does not mean that we're totally behind the eight ball. The people we lost weren't meant to be. The question is, who do you like? What's on your mind? Let us know right here on Overtime After Dark.
4: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Overtime after dark. 106.7 The fan. Doc Walker on the microphone. Victor, the man in charge, making all the big decisions. Let's get out and take a few calls. Dan Miller, we're going to go back, recap with Detroit, try to find out if we can get some insight. As to what's going on in the, how the Motor City is reacting, we start with Dean. Dean, welcome to Overtime.
7: Hey, what's going on?
2: I'm having a time of my nope. life. Yep.
7: <laughs> Can you hear me? Got
2: gotcha, you loud and clear, oh. Dean. Gotcha.
7: So my thing with Jaden Daniels, okay. smaller frame guy. Yeah. All the hype. What? What? Uh, Bryce Young. Smaller frame guy, all the hype, did not He ain't that small. Jaden Daniels. Yep. did not he like one eighty five, one ninety five?
2: I see more like one ninety five. Yeah.
7: Right. So smaller frame guy versus your Penix Jr., Drake May, which Drake May. It's a good point. You know, it's a good point. Sam Howell. Sam Howell a couple years ago yeah. beat him out. He's two ten. Um. Or, He's two ten. Why not Penix or Bo Nix? Bigger guy, pocket passer. I just – I don't understand that that aspect. Well,
2: pocket – it's just it's – just I'm just looking at our offensive line, and I'm saying if I have a chance to choose, fleet of foot is the way I'm going.
7: So, why not stick with Hal and build around him? We already missed our OC, so it's probably going to be EB calling plays again. You've already got chemistry. Why break that up and go –
8: because I gotta straight. get more
2: talent. I just have to get if I have a chance and I'm at the second pick in the draft, I have to get the most talented quarterback available, if possible, if it's a fit. Because so, you've already gone through that and you see if number one, if you're fair about this thing, he wouldn't have beaten out the backup. They that was a force job. Clearly that the kid came in and was decisively better. With less, less opportunities. You so can't we force guy. this. We,
7: we, we get Jaden Daniels at number two. Mm-hmm. Who's going to protect him?
2: That's my well, thing. That's the whole like process training. that all the young quarterbacks have. He wouldn't get his brains beat out like Troy Aikman did or or uh, Peyton Manning. But I understand what you're saying. It's not, if the, Here's the good news. It's not going to be our decision. But we can't have a choice. I'm telling you, my choice is... Would be athlete. I can't afford to deal with with a guy that's, that's just standing in a pocket. That's my preference towards it, to where I think the whole league, the way the game is going. But I could be wrong.
7: It's gonna okay, happen. You're eventually. on the clock. You're on the clock. Your number two is who? And go. Daniels.
2: Daniels. Yeah. Because of the mobility. Well, no, he's got skill. He played in the SEC. Played big time football. Played against much better right. competition and dominated. Right. Yeah. Which that's my thing with
7: Drake May is yes he's a big guy, five forty-eight touchdowns. It's the level of competition. that's not the same. Exactly. He yeah. Drake May's ACC. Yeah, like you said, LSU
2: SEC. Yeah, I can't. I, know. I just can't. No, but that's neither. Neither one of us know. But I'm saying my uh, gut. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going with Jade. And he was coached hard. He was coached hard. And I like a guy that's gone through guys that aren't kissing you behind. I got to have a hard guy that's been coached because all that saw, it doesn't work. And this level levels going to even get harder. So my gut says that's where I would go. Appreciate the phone call. Max, you're next. Welcome to overtime. Hey
9: doc. Thanks for taking my call, man. Hey, this this
2: this organization is
9: in the same situation and shape it was four years ago when Rivera got here. We were three and thirteen coming out of Gruden with the number two pick in the draft. We we're four and thirteen with the number two pick in the draft. And the only mm-hmm. thing that Rivera had managed to do was a similar team full of twos and threes. I don't think we have any ones on this team. So everybody's fussing about the coaches, who who uh, OCs or whoever who decided to go somewhere else. The person that we want to bring in here has to be of the mindset and mentality that he has to establish a culture on offense. He has to establish a culture on defense. Who's to say that any of these guys that turned us down or we turned them down, we don't know yet, was Mm -hmm. one, had the vision and the patience to see this thing through or even had the desire to build this thing up. We're going to have to come in and establish a culture on offense and defense you said it earlier. When Joe Gibbs came in, he wanted to swing it like they were doing in, in San Diego with Corey yeah. and them guys. He, he realized that he didn't have the personnel. We're going to run the ball until I can get my people in. The guy that comes in here has to look at us, our, our, what we have and see that and understand that and build from that. Who's to say these guys even had the desire to do that? They might have even wanted to come in here and deal with that. They all went to situations or back to situations that were better than the one we have here. So, Let's just be patient with this and bring in somebody who knows and understands what this is. But newsflash, we're not going to the playoffs next year. We ain't going nowhere in no time. So this is going to take a minute. And we have to have a coach that comes in here with the mindset, and mentality that this is going to take a minute and establish this thing. That's what we need to get.
2: I like that. And Adam Peters is the man for the job. Pat, you are next on overtime.
10: What's happening, Doc?
2: It's all good, man. Rocking and rolling.
10: Hey, I I got a couple. Well, I got I I would I'm with you. I take uh, Jalen Dan, uh, Daniels, but um I also got a question for you or a comment actually. You know I think what happened with uh, Ben Johnson was we were going out to sign him, and he thought we were the old uh, Commanders team that was going to back up the the Brinks truck. And give him what he wanted, and I think we had a certain amount of money that we had in mind we were going to pay this guy, and he wanted too much. And my thing is, I would, I would, I, I think we should uh, get Daniels. I want Eric enemy to coach this team, and and see what he's got. Give him a three-year contract and say, here, let's let's go. See what you got. And I want a tight end, Doc. I want a tight end for this offense. And then we'll build in the draft with some uh, offensive linemen and go out. We got $80 million in the cap, and we can spend that, man. And uh, that's all I
2: got to say, man. And you're one of the simply the best, Doc. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Closing up on a break. Got a minute to go. Kevin, let's see if we can squeeze you in. Welcome to Overtime.
11: Hey, Things I appreciate your service to the um
9: to the organization years ago as well. Uh, what oh, I just man. want to say is, we as fans have been clamoring about Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson, and and then Mac McDonald and all this other stuff, assuming that that's where the organization was headed. But we don't know. That's what the fans wanted. You know, um, my thing is, anytime I've gone three times for an interview, such as Dan Quinn has done. They kind of like me. It must have been something I was doing pretty good for us to, you know, go back and forth a few times. And I'm not saying that that would be the choice, but I am saying I do think that there are, are other people out there that are, are maybe made for us. So just because we didn't get who the fans thought or who who actually may have or may not have been our first pit doesn't mean that we're not going to end up with the right choice in the end.
2: I agree with that. Very well stated. Tim, Uh, G- Begay, Tim, Roger, you guys stay on the line. we got to take a break. When we come back, Dan Miller, let's go to Detroit, and let's hear it from a man on the scene and get the lowdown, see if we can get a scoop. Stay with us here. DOC on overtime. The beat of overtime after dark here on 106.7. The fan, Rick Doc, walk on the microphone. Appreciate it. You guys very active on X. We will get to you, but our plate, as you might imagine, uh, is is quite full. And why wouldn't it be? Uh, you know, this is this is action, and we want action, and we definitely have action. Our next guest, another one of my old tag team partners who is in Detroit, and you've been here when this was hot, Dan Miller, and now you're there. Disappointing outcome, but the place – had to be on fire. 35,000 people watching screens, not like they had Jumbotron. They were watching screen TVs they rolled in there. What was the place like when you got back?
1: You know, I I mean, it's just been crazy, Doc, for the last, you know, month because people, once they knew that the Lions – we're going to have a home playoff game, something we would never had at Ford Field. And once they locked up a division, something they hadn't done in 30 years, um, you know, there's a lot of pent-up emotion that people had for that. And then for it to be the Rams and Matthew Stafford coming in, uh, that obviously ratcheted things up some because you had the golf storyline going against a team that cast them aside. And then to win that game, to have things break your way, and then you get the Bucks coming to your house and you beat them, you go to the nfc championship where obviously that that ended in disappointment but uh it's been a heck of a ride and i think if you asked any lions fan look it's fresh it hurts that that was a difficult loss there's no way around that but i think if you asked any lions fan at the beginning of the season would they take this type of year i think they all would have said yes third year in a rebuild and um winning two playoff games something we hadn't done here since 1957 so there's a lot of good things, but. Believe me, that that loss stung, and, and that will stick around for a while.
2: I can't imagine what it was like for Ben Johnson in terms of emotions of being in that locker room and on that aircraft for hours and then coming back. When do you think, maybe he never planned on leaving, but if he had planned on seriously leaving, what do you think happened?
1: I don't know. I mean, I I, you know, I can go by what he said last year when he pulled himself out of, you know, coaching consideration and said that he had spoken to his wife. They loved it here. And they had unfinished business in Detroit. And he came back. And you know, I've talked to him throughout the season. And certainly I think he felt like that division title, playoff wins, those were part of what he was talking about. Um, you know, I, look, Doc, I'm speculating. He's He's 37 years old. He's been a coordinator for two years. Uh, He's working for a guy that he loves working for. He's got an offense that is built to last a couple years here. Um, I just, maybe I think family considerations are certainly part of it. It's not like he's, you know, living paycheck to paycheck here. He's doing fine. And I think it's, it's maybe something where he looked and said, you know, there's still time for me to learn and still time for me to figure some things out and, and terms of running my own show and, I I would guess all of those things played some part in it. I I don't know, you know, what Washington tried to sell him on and and what their vision was for him. Um, I saw the report from Breer that he didn't knock his first meeting out of the park, which I'll be honest with you is kind of disappointing to read. I mean, nobody really needs to say that at this point. Sounds like Mm -hmm. damage control to me, but whatever. Um, I, I just think, There's probably a little bit of everything that we just talked about in in why he ultimately decided to stay here. And, look, Detroit fans are obviously thrilled. Uh, He's been, you know, the head of a top offense, one of the top offenses in the league the last two years. And and to have him back, I think, kind of snapped people out of the malaise that they had from Sunday into thinking about, all right, let's load up for next year and figure out how to get this thing right.
2: What can you tell us – all I hear is that Aaron Glenn, I've never heard anything bad about him. What's your take on Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator?
1: Well, I mean, the number one, A.G. is going to command a room. Uh, start there. Uh, he's a Parcells guy. Um, he's, you know, he's a Sean Payton guy. Uh, he's been under some really good guys and, and, and a Dan Campbell guy. Uh, so that, in my mind, is, you know, obviously two Super Bowl winning head coaches and in Dan Campbell, you have a head coach that, that I think is an up-and-coming guy who absolutely knows how to run a room and, and get his team ready to play and sets the tone beautifully for his team. So all that, in addition to the fact that, you know, he's a heck of a player in this league. He understands what it is to be a player in this league. Um, recently, the NFLPA ran a poll where they asked guys to rate their coordinators, and he was the number one rated defensive coordinator. Guys love playing for him uh is not a nonsense guy he is going to tell you how things are and he's going to be very blunt with you but you will know exactly where you stand um i just the thing that jumped out to me though (laughs) you say that again
2: sounds like the enemy yeah
1: yeah i I don't know i've never worked with him i don't know much about him you know only what i read but you know I, i there's nothing negative in what i just said about ag he's just he is a guy that I think the players appreciate that. There's no, there's no hidden agenda. He's not going to say one thing to you then to go out and do another. He's going to be very upfront with you and telling you what his expectations are, what his level of satisfaction is. Um, there's just uh, there's a lot to like about him. And, and, look, I think some people might look at, at the numbers here in Detroit and say, well, you know, sometimes it wasn't real great. And it wasn't. But believe me, while they are loaded on the offensive side of the ball – They've not had the same tools to work with on the defensive side of the ball, and I think, quite frankly, he's done a heck of a job with what he's had to work with, some of the injuries that he's had to deal with, and in pulling that thing together and in helping this team get to the NFC Championship.
2: Watching the Niners as you look ahead to this Super Bowl, um, you know, I always watch it on delay because I, I, I just I, I needed to watch. I like to watch the game like I'm watching film. So if I wait until a quarter ahead and chase it, I'm good. So imagine me, you, you've got a 17-point lead. And my phone is blowing up, and, people, and I'm like, what are people talking about? So it happens so quick. I mean, I've been there. I mean, we got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it can happen. You get overwhelmed. But for you as a broadcaster, where well, you got to keep your cool while you're doing it. How the heck did you pull that off?
1: Well, I mean, number one, you've always got a game to call that's in front of you. And even when they had come back to tie it, you know, scored 17 straight points, it's still a tie game. I mean, it's not like you're out of it. It's just they've come back to tie it. So you're thinking, all right, what can they do here? And it was just, you know, everybody wants to talk about Campbell. I get that. Um, You know, we we can go back and forth all day on that. And what I would say to you is this. Nobody – Nobody was writing angry emails when he went for fourth down and threw a touchdown to Sam Laporta against uh, the first round. And hey, the guys had game. dropped. What are you talking about? What's that?
2: He went, they were, they, they, the guys couldn't catch.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Josh Reynolds has to catch that ball. And my heart breaks yeah. for Josh. Cause he's just and He had two of them. And that's, that's man. Sometimes things happen in life and you can't explain them. And, and I feel terrible for him. Cause I know how much it means to him, but you know, this is, it's funny because people can drop in and all of a sudden they're like, you know, what is Dan Campbell? Well, that, this is who he's been, man. This is what he does. And like I said, went for fourth and goal against the Rams, touchdown Laporta, went for fourth and goal against the Bucks, touchdown Craig Reynolds, second and nine, two minutes to go against the Rams when most coaches would just run it out. He threw a first down pass to Amon Ross St. Brown and iced the game. I mean, he puts the game in the hands of his players. And that is the way he operates. And I understand you can make a case for a field goal, get it. And we can argue about it and probably never come to any kind of conclusion. But, you know, fact is there were a lot of other things that happened in that game. Missed tackles, fumbled handoff, um, missed interceptions and and dropped passes. And and you make any of those plays. You know, a ball bouncing off a face mask right to a receiver. Do that twice. Crazy. You know, you make yeah. any of those plays and, and you might win. But you know what? Start with this. Credit the 49ers because they came out and played like their hair was on fire in the second half and took advantage of every single mistake the Lions made. And I think sometimes we get to the point where we want to talk about what one team did wrong and you forget what one team did right. So, look, Lions made way too many mistakes in the second half of that game. And you hope that they will learn from that, and you come back next year with an improved team after an offseason and a bunch of guys who know what this pain is and understand that you never want to go through that again and just you need to tighten things up.
2: We got time before we get to there, but initially, what does your gut tell you about the matchup between Niners and and, and Michael Jordan?
1: You know, I, I've, I've looked at Kansas City, and I have felt all year they've just lacked that, Explosiveness that we've seen from them in the past, and I kept thinking, you know, things aren't going to work out for them. Not going to work out for them. But you know what? That dude just finds a way, and I have a feeling he will in this game too. And and it's not a knock on the Niners; they're a terrific team, and this is probably the matchup uh, once Philadelphia kind of went into the tank that everybody has been expecting. So, um, look, I, I'm just not betting against Mahomes. I'm not gonna you know sit here and say that I think he's going to find a way to lose. I'm going to sit here and tell you he's going to find a way to win because that's what he does. And their defense probably deserves a lot more credit than people give it because that defense bailed them out of a lot of games this year when their offense wasn't being real efficient or playing the way we've grown accustomed to seeing them playing. But you know they've had some guys that have stepped up offensively. They've just man they've let so many receivers walk out the door and not replace them. But he's finding a way with the cast that he has, and Rice has obviously picked things up and. Um I'm just I'm I'm looking at one guy who performs best under these lights and that's that's Mahomes and I would just kind of look at the at the Chiefs right now.
2: Yeah, me too. Hey brother. Can't thank you enough, man. None but love for you. And um enjoy Vegas. Uh be good. Hope the family goes with you and we'll do this again right before the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> love you, brother. Always. Thank you for having All me right, and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: All right, I look forward to it. That is the voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller. When we come back, take a break. Uh, I got to get some Ravens perspective on here. Nobody better than the old ferocious linebacker, world champion Brad Jackson joins us when we return to overtime. Overtime, guess what we got? A little time. We got some people that are knocking on the door. I'm going to let them in now. Russell, what's on your mind? What's going on, Doc? It's a pleasure, brother. I, you know, you're you're awesome, bro. I love your show.
8: Uh, my my, my thing is keeping the enemy uh in the building. Uh-huh. I mean, a year yeah. ago he was going to the Super Bowl, you know. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking if you're gonna bring Dan Quinn, Co- I mean, if you're gonna keep the enemy as your offensive coordinator, and when you, uh-huh. he's been interviewed for the coach, uh, I don't think he he would stay if you didn't bring him in as coach. So I, I, money talks, you know, but, uh, there you go. I'm really hoping there you go. I'm hope. Yeah. I'm hoping that they can bring, uh, the enemy. He's already in the building. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and I used to look forward to last week, you know, with, with, uh, or the last part of the season with the enemy's offense. I, I know we struggled with the quarterback and stuff, but he brought a light, he brought a light to the commanders this year, I think. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for him, and I just want to give a shout-out to you, Doc Walker, or you and B. Mitch and uh, Joe Theismann. You guys still on the radio, and I want to get back to that winning. I, I used to see you down at the Fairfax car wash, man. I'd go to Anita's over there and get me some. My mama lives a block from there, and i I'd go down oh, there and yeah. i see you sometimes down at the car
2: wash. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I love I still the going to, to Anita's. Still love, yeah, still love yeah. that breakfast burrito. I appreciate I the phone call, on. man. Hang with us. Stay strong. Don't let anything separate your passion. Tim, welcome to Overtime.
11: Thanks, Doc. Can you hear me?
2: Loud and clear, Tim.
11: Thank you. Um, uh, Relevant to the guy's point, uh, I could foresee where we bring in Ev for one more year, see what he can do, and if he catches fire, great. And if not, we restart the coaching hire, Hiring process because I do feel as if we wanted a young up-and-coming coordinator to be the coach we had our sights on Johnson pretty obvious and I think also McDonald. it didn't transpire maybe slow it but at this point in light of where we're at I think we should just reach, if we don't do the EB route for a year we reset the process and consider additional candidates, and I wanted your opinions if any of them might be good. I'll rattle the. Well, six that was a great candidates. call. As a
2: matter of fact, great minds think alike, because Victor, he proposed that to me 25 minutes ago, and I go, I'm l- I'm an EB guy. I just want the equal. See, EB doesn't work if you sandwich him with sissies. I want a pit bull on defense and a pit bull coaching special teams. I want the guy at the guard gate when they come in there to have a bad attitude. Because you got to get your mind right to go to work. We're the underdog. We're not leaders of the pack right now. We're at the bottom of the pack. Who the hell's supposed to be walking around like the good humor man in last place? No, I'm EB all day and night. But I'm not making these selections. But I need a pit bull on defense and a pit bull coaching special teams. I don't want nothing in the building but dogs. Because that's what it's all about. I don't know who the hell constructed this. Well, I do know who did it. And it was a bad deal, and they're all gone. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overmodulate over the pass. It is over. And so um I'm gonna live with that. But Victor, you just, that was your scenario you threw out about 40 minutes ago.
3: Yeah, go Eric Biennemi for a year, kind of a bridge, and then, you know, see, see what he, what, it, what the waters look like with Eric Biennemi. If you don't like what you see, that's it. See ya. You get a new crop of head coaches available for, for next season. But, I mean, I don't know if the fan base is willing to wait, but maybe they are willing to wait if they can get one year of Eric Biennemi.
2: Well, they got no other choice. Everybody's going to wait because that's, true, that's, that's what true. we do. Yeah, that's what we do. But what I'm saying is that we weren't together before. They undermined Eric Bien-Ami. Mm-hmm. All right? And and if you if you look at this situation right way, he was a soldier. He stood through it. I don't like the way we threw, he threw the ball too damn much. I don't like being in shotgun on goal line. And I tell him, right. and I love the guy. I love his attitude, and he's a champion. I want as much as Andy Reid I can get. I want as much of their program as I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. But that's not my decision.
3: But I'm that's imagining what Eric Bianami would be like you know, without the strings of Ron Rivera. So, I mean, that's what I'm a little bit curious about. He'd be you know? like he
2: was with Andy Reid, yeah. And, and, and let's not forget Spagnuolo, the job that he did, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs, D.C., Brilliant. Brilliant. Because they contained the most, the number one weapon in the NFL. Well,
3: I, I saw because that they blitzed him like finish. 42% of the time in that game. Like, they just you heavily go. blitzed Lamar. Yeah. And it, he just couldn't handle it. And it also it.
2: showed that Todd Monken gagged. <laughs> yes. Absolute gag. And I'd say Harbaugh allowed that to happen. And some of that's on John. I love John. I love John. But what I'm telling you is that. You win as a team, you lose as a team. I want dogs at every level. Our program was too soft. And the guy came in here and tried to get it done. Was it perfect? No. But look what he was working with. Look what he was working with. And you know this for sure. You can be true to yourself if you want to be. The moment they made a move at quarterback, they damn near won. They had to come up with an injury. Hell, he almost blew the pick. So don't tell me, With this guy, you don't have to like him. I don't give a damn who you like. You don't know how to win. That's the problem around here. This is not a fashion show. This is not a carnival. It's pro football. I'm sorry, because most of you, he never been behind the curtain. It's not what you think it is. All right? It's rugged. And you got to have Rough Riders. You guys want politicians and you want candy asses. And that's why you've been in last place. Yeah, I ain't mad at Eric. Anybody they bring in. That's why I'm intrigued by Anthony Weaver. But why would I leave the Ravens? Not that that open is there, so you may not get that. Aaron Glenn, why would he leave the Lions unless he's got a, an opportunity to do something he hasn't done before, and that is to be a head coach. I mean, you know the people that prepped him? They're all champions. I want people in here that are in it to win it. Period. And it's the conditioning. And you got to get guys that are willing to go through it. You don't have enough of them. You got some dogs now. Don't get me wrong. But you don't have enough of them. I want to be able to bum rush people. And you just can't do it right now. You're not trained that way. I love the way the Ravens and the Niners train. You can be finesse, but they're physical by nature. It's like naughty by nature. I want to be physical by nature, and we'll take you through that. Brother Victor, I'm excited about getting to the 8 o'clock hour. We promised you a raven, a guy, a champion, a linebacker, a badass. Brad Jackson, stick and stay with us as we continue right here on Overtime After Dark.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.